Direction, a course along which someone or something moves. The management or guidance of someone or something. This week we're talking about the many twists and turns life can throw our way. This is kind of a follow-up episode to last week's episode about my mother's passing. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, please do so first. We're talking about all the drama and heartache and grieving process associated with trying to overcome the loss of a loved one and how trusting in God is truly our only hope and how without Him, life could be completely unbearable. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern-day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. This is episode 23, and uh, wow, it has been a crazy stretch of time here. Uh, This is kind of a follow-up episode to last week's episode whenever I shared my heart on my mother's passing, and just kind of a, a recap and maybe filling in on where Elaine's and my heart is at after all of this, and just some lessons we learned from it, but man, it has been a wild ride. A crazy summer. All yes. summer. All summer's been crazy. Um, from Elaine being in the hospital through this, there was a lot of family drama leading up to this, ironically. Um, and this happened, you know, out of the blue. And and uh, it's been a little nonstop. But I got to be honest, I don't even know what I said on last week's podcast episode. Um, I just spoke from my heart. I didn't have it in me to go back and listen to it yet. So I hope it ministered to someone. I know it was something along the lines of loving people. I thought it was really good. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that. a lot of other people at the visitation and funeral said the same thing. Yeah. It was our most popular episode by far. And um, we had a lot of, a lot of people listening. Thank you guys. All of you regular listeners. Thank y'all so much for the support and the love and, uh, and for sharing it on and, and making it making it reach out and making uh, what happened, I guess, have some form of positive reach. And I know it would make my mom proud. But yeah, it's been a wild week. You have the whole rush of everyone coming into town and hugging 5,000 necks for two days in a row and then uh, playing host to family members and all Technically, the for three weeks now. Yeah, because we have family in town before, and then they literally had to turn right back around and come back when all A this happened. A day after, yeah. yeah. And even more so, even more family came in. So um, all that's starting to calm down now, and we're left with our thoughts and our emotions. And, and all the food. So much food. Man, if you're not from the South, tragedy strikes, you get food lots fat and happy yeah and then all the while having to deal with all this you're also sitting there trying to keep your emotions in check and trying to grieve and mourn and figure out what's next and 
all the stress that comes with funerals of uh, planning and trying to get everything arranged so quickly because it's all just a blur. There's not a chance to, you know, it's not like a, a celebratory thing. It's it's a freak thing. So there wasn't a chance to plan any of this beforehand. It was all just kind of tossed in your lap uh, right when it happened. So you're left not only to process all of your emotions and process all of your feelings, but you also have to take care of the financial side, the physical side, the the ceremony, the the arrangements and all these things, and it kind of fell mostly, I guess, in Mine Elaine's lap to do. And uh, that's to be expected. You know, it's not, it's no place for my father to do. I wouldn't want him to touch it. And we had friends counseling us. So I was going to say, we had an amazing support team, yes. even outside of all of the food. Um, <laughs> but everyone praying and thinking about us and texting and calling and reaching out and all the people that were at both services. We had a lot of friends and family and acquaintances and we just feel blessed for everyone that was in our life that were able to help in some form, whether it was taking Doppler out, feeding us, praying for us, talking with us, calling and checking in. We just yeah. had like a huge support team. And so through all this, I uh, I had a very common Bible verse come to my mind, but I want to just let that be the theme of this week's episode. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it's, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Or he, Yeah. And so uh, some verses say he will make your path straight. I prefer he will direct your path because there's nothing straight in life. Uh, there's many twists and turns, but somehow, some way, God has this amazing way of navigating us through all of the mess uh, for His glory. And we've experienced a lot of that these last couple months through Elaine's sickness, through the fears associated with that, and and having to overcome that. And that was a month long struggle through mm -hmm. June of just trying to get her back up to to par and healthy and. And well, even when she was healthy. Well, ahead. I was going to say, even a couple weeks ago, I was still facing some sickness. Right, because of uh, just you, you were having those bouts of sickness where you were throwing up and trying to figure all that out and found out that you have the same problem I do. You have acid reflux and IBS, so welcome yep. to the family. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, just a lot of stuff with that. And then right after that, there was a bunch of family drama that happened between my mother and her sister. And that was crazy, and it's just not even something we need to get into details here because that's family drama. But right after that, literally the last conversation I had with my mom was her crying to me about her sister and just the lifestyle her sister has chosen and asking me if what, what she had heard was true. And I had to you know, console my mom and just try to love her on the phone uh, in that moment and try to counsel her and let her know that you know, it was all going to be okay, and that I loved her, and that was the last conversation I ever got to have with her was about family drama, because she passed away that night. And, man, in all of this, it's so easy to want to just say, screw it. It's so easy to want to lay everything down, go hide in a hole, and just say, I'm done. You know, uh, it's overwhelming, it's like this relentless pressure of you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you got to get this done in this time, and you got to process all of these emotions at the same time while being other people's supports. You have people coming in from out of town, coming to you and embracing you and 
and bawling their eyes out to you whenever you're the one who just lost someone. I'm not upset at them. They're grieving. They're mourning. But you're sit, sitting here trying to hold everything together, and you just realize like you can't because you have no idea what's going to come next. The day we, uh, my mom of my mom's funeral, which was just a, just a couple of days ago. It was Wednesday. If you're listening to this, this will be. If you're listening to this when it comes out, uh, it was last week um, on Wednesday. So just you know, four or five days ago, whatever that is. And uh, that evening, I was actually laying in bed trying to get a nap because we had all the family back at the house, uh, eating food and hanging out and fellowshipping and all that. And I was tired, and I was laying down, and of course I had quite a few cousins in town, and they were all out playing soccer, and they're like, hey, you really need to come out and, and vent for a little while. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll come out there. So I hobbled myself out of bed and went out there, and it was fun. We had a, a good time playing soccer, but then I fell in a gopher hole and twisted my ankle, and the whole side of my ankle's bruised up, and I've been on crutches for the past three days. So And like, ball season is really busy right now, yes, so it's so a our, very stressful. Our main job, literally <laughs> the next 11 out of 14 days, we have home games. And, like, I'm so thankful for the people that have stepped up to help us. Like, I couldn't thank them enough. But life is crazy. Life is, to say life is like a roller coaster is a ridiculous understatement because you can sit back and look at a roller coaster and you can expect the twists and turns to come. It's on a track. It's predictable. It's unpredictably predictable. And, uh, or I guess predictably unpredictable. And life is just not that. Life is like flying down a dirt road at 100 miles an hour, and you don't know what's coming up next, and you're just facing constant blind curbs. And potholes. And potholes. <laughs> and flash floods. And debris from trucks. Yes. my trucks Because when you live out here in the middle of nowhere like we do, and they're on a main freeway, there's nothing but semi-truck tires all over the stupid interstate. And guys, I think out of this, it has made me realize something so deep and it's something so common something so simple but it's without god guiding our footsteps could you imagine without god being there in those next turns i don't know how people could literally face life because it's been crazy difficult crazy difficult with all these things that we've been facing just one after another a barrage of things and you look at it in the natural and you just kind of like shake your head. You're overwhelmed. You're flabbergasted of what's all going on. But then you realize, wait a second, I have peace in God. And so what does that even feel like? You know, what does it feel like to have that peace in God? Well, it's hard for one because whenever you're going through these things, uh, the natural reaction is like, God, please, I want this to relent. I need this to stop because it, it's it's un. Bearable. It feels like that you're just going to break to a thousand pieces. Well, and you have this weight on your shoulders that you don't know what to do with. Yeah. And it's just, it's constantly pushing down on you. It's weighing you down and it's trying to knock you out. Um, But there comes a point when you literally have to say, you know what? God can use every situation for his glory. God can use every situation to bring life and to breathe life. And I learned that so strong the other day uh, at the visitation for my mom. And, uh, of course, there was 
hundreds of people, like literally hundreds of people coming in and out. How many pages were filled out oh. in her guest book? Like most all of them. Yeah. Almost every single page was completely full. And so which was like I said, to anyone who's listening to this that had the pleasure of or the not pleasure, but had the ability to come and, and pay respects to my mom, thank you so much for being there and being a part of that. And I know it would mean the world to her. But tons of people had come in and out and it was just such a long two and a half hours of talking to people and so many people asking you how you're doing. You really just don't know how to answer them and they're doing it because they don't really know what to ask, you know, and there's really just no words for the situation. But at the very end of the night, my very young cousin, very young, I would, I don't know exactly how old he is. Um, five or six. Yeah, I would guess five or six. And he comes up and stands next to my dad, who is standing at the casket, looking at my mom for the viewing. And my dad puts his arm around him and pulls him in close. And he starts crying. My little cousin starts crying. And I walk over there and I sit down, or I kind of get on my knees and I start talking to him. And I'm like, hey, bud, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to say his name on the podcast here, but... I was like, hey, you know, what how, What are you feeling right now? And he said, I'm feeling sad. Because, see, I just had realized this. At first, I thought it was a, an interestingly sweet gesture that my little cousin was coming up to console my dad. But then I, I remembered something, that he had lost his mom just about a year and a half before I lost mine. And this little child, who should not have to understand the pain of losing a mother had lost his mother and his grandmother or his, I guess his step-grandmother, you know, and his grandmother all in the last two and a half years. So his mom, his step-grandmother and his actual grandmother, he lost all of them. And I just remember sitting on the floor with him and he, uh, everyone else had w walked away and he laid his head on my chest and I just held my little cousin in my arms and just told him that he was brave and he was strong and that I loved him. And he cried. And I cried. And I told him that his Aunt Carol loved him and that I was here for him and he was brave. And he said something to me that really caught me off guard. He told me, he sat there and he looked up toward the, the direction of the casket, because we had walked off to the side at this point. And uh, he told me, I've always wanted to be up there. And I, I asked him, uh, I said, well, what, what do you mean up there, up where? And he pointed to the stage behind the casket, and he said, I've always wanted to be up there. He said, I've always wanted to talk to people, but I'm too shy, and I'm too scared. And I told him, I said, well, um, you know, that's something that I used to do quite a bit. That's something I do because I'm a pastor. And he said, well, what's that? And I said, a pastor is someone who shares the love of Jesus with people. And he said, well, who is Jesus? And I said, well, Jesus is someone who came down from heaven and died on a cross to forgive us of our sins so that your mom and my mom could go to heaven. And I said... 
would you like for Elaine and I to take you out for ice cream one day and we can talk more about it? And he said, yes. Now, I'm not 100% sure of his parents' religious beliefs. I don't even know if they listen to the podcast here or not. And it's not my intention to, you know, try to indoctrinate their child or anything like that. It's not my intent at all. It's just the fact that he asked me. Mm. And it was such a beautiful moment because I got to share the love of Jesus with this child who has had to face way too much loss in his life, way too much heartache in his in his young, young life. You know, he's a quarter of my age or less. And he has faced more loss than anyone I really know. And it was just so sad. But yet at the same time, it was so beautiful because in that moment, it reminded me of the calling God placed on my life. And that moment would have never happened had I not been sitting at my mother's visitation because she passed away. And it was one of the sweetest, most humbling moments of my life. And I got to sit there and hold my little cousin in my arms and love on him and share the love of Christ with him. And it was just an amazing thing because now I can begin to have a relationship with him, a relationship that I hadn't had before, where I can hang out with him and, and spend time with him, uh, all the while just showing them showing him that he's loved and that Jesus loves him. Am I saying that God killed my mom? No, I'm not. I think that my mom's been through a lot and struggled with a lot, and enough was enough, and God received her spirit. I also think that God used that circumstance to remind me that love is the ultimate thing to pour out. And he showed it to me so amazingly in the heart of a small child who has been through way too much heartache. And I think that despite the fact that there are tons of twists and turns in life and we never know what's around the corner, God's already there preparing because life can be unpredictable, but with him... Even the unpredictable come out to our benefit. And that's just the beautiful thing about walking with Christ. It's the beautiful thing about knowing that there is someone who quite literally has gone ahead of us to prepare the way, to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds, and then when we get there, to open us up to so many new possibilities, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of joy, even in the midst of heartache or pain or abundance or lacking, that God can use every circumstance to bring himself glory and that God can use those circumstances to deepen our love for him and our love for others. And that's just an amazing thing. Just something that I've heard a lot is like, God will never give you anything you can't handle. And to me, I understand what they're, where they're coming from and what they mean, but I almost have to disagree because there are so many things in life that I can't handle. 
you know, this summer has been something that I can't handle, you know, being sick and the drama and, you know, the passing of my mother-in-law and now, you know, you rolling your ankle and like all this stuff. It's so, and then just even the beginning of the year, all the family drama that was going on and stuff. And like, it's so overwhelming. And like what we were saying is just, there's this huge weight on your shoulders, but I believe that God will never give us anything that we can't handle with him. Right. And to me, like that's something that I hold on to because there's things that I can't handle, but because of God and because, you know, God loves us and is there with us through whatever situation, good or bad. And like you said, just God using these situations to pour out to others who may not even know God, know the strength and peace that he gives us, but also becoming even closer with the family that we have and the friends that we have. And, you know, God is using this, using this story, using all of these circumstances to help others in similar situations. Yeah. And it's what you make of it. And this is going to like kind of a direction I want to take this with like the fact that being a Christian isn't easy. You know, life is not an easy thing. Um, for a Christian, oftentimes it seems like life is even harder. Yeah. Because you're under a constant spiritual, like, assault. And you have to keep your guard up. You have to keep yourself sharp. And, uh, you know, because you're the, you're the enemy's enemy, if that makes sense. You know, like people like satan is after us you know there is a force after us after our well, minds spiritual and our warfare absolutely and so um none of it's easy all the twists and turns that life brings is not easy but we have a choice to make in those things of we can either allow god to use the circumstances for his glory or we can get beat down by them now it's okay to mourn the loss of your mother. It's okay to ask God questions. Ask God why. Well, it's biblical. Like, there is a process of mourning. Absolutely. And you talked about that last week. And uh, and that's respectable and acceptable. And, and obviously, like, it's, it's wanted. God wants us to have those times. It's okay to ask God questions. But we have to be prepared for those answers. And I think that God can use so many different things for his benefit if we give him the authority to because what satan wants to do is he wants to manipulate uh our minds into believing that there's no hope that every situation is hopeless i faced it so strong whenever elaine you were in the hospital i faced it so strong uh whenever i felt the guilt feeling like i didn't do enough for my mom and I we faced both it. felt that yeah i mean i know my father has faced that guilt and that shame, and and it wants to drag you out to the point of hopelessness where you give up. And it seems so easy to just give up. It's so easy to just want to, to stop, to let go, because the weight of all of this can be so heavy. But like you said, Elaine, I think that oftentimes that weight, we realize we're trying to carry that weight around ourselves, and we forget that we can lay it at the cross. That weight can be laid at the cross. Does it make um, the passing of a loved one easier? In time, maybe, but immediately, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to lay this at the cross. I'm 100% better now. It's not that. It's realizing that, hey, my mother is in a place 
far better than the place she was in before. She is free from things that she has struggled with for so long. And there is a freedom and a liberty. And I feel like God is moving us into a new season where we no longer have to worry about my mom. Well, and the worry and the guilt and the pain and bitterness and all of that stuff, that's not our burdens to carry in the first place. And it's not exclusive to just her passing. It existed before then. Yeah. And this just escalated that. And, you know, the enemy knows that. He knows that he can use these things uh, against us. Just as in uh, Jesus' ministry when he was in the desert, Satan used his own words. I don't know if you ever thought about the irony of this, that Satan used the word of God uh, against God. And, like, the irony behind that being is Jesus is the living word of God. You know, the word became flesh. So he you he used Jesus' own body against him. Jesus' own mind against him, his very word against him to try to manipulate him into giving up. And Jesus rebuked it and called him out. And that's where we have to give it to God and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to give in to this because Satan is trying to pull out the stops. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Satan had the authority to kill my mom. I don't think God killed my mom. I don't think Satan killed my mom. I think my mom's choices and general health and all those things were big factors, and that's what took my mother's life. My mom had a weak heart. Uh, She was on medicine for it. She did things in her life that did not help her. And sooner or later, it all caught up together, and it happened. But Satan wants to take that and say, see what I did? This is what I can do to you. He wants to say, see, if you would just let go and give up and quit doing this whole thing that you're trying to do, quit ministering and all that, that uh, you'd be so much better off. And on the physical side of things, it's tempting because you don't want to face this all the time. But you have to realize that you have victory in Christ, and you can declare to Satan that he has no place. Even in death, like in death, there is life in Christ, like... Satan, like you said, like Satan thinks like, oh, like I caused this or whatever, like you need to grieve and whatever, mm-hmm. like haha. But it's like, well, even in that, she's with God in heaven, you know, like Satan has no power over that. Especially over someone who was already struggling so much on earth. Yeah. And I think about my wife and I think about uh, saying things like this and like the initial gut reaction is to be afraid of like, well, if I talk about this, is she going to get sick again? Blah, blah, blah. no. In Jesus' name, she's not. You know, we're above that. It's not, Satan didn't cause her sickness. God didn't cause her sickness. It's something that happened, but God delivered her from it. And we're going to declare those promises of health and life over our family. We can declare those promises of God over our lives and quit giving Satan place. Even with my mom's death, it's bitter, but also it's sweet knowing that she is free from his bondage now, and she's living next to her father in heaven, and she does not have to face the the, the barrage uh, from the enemy any longer, that she has been locked away from his attacks, and that's a, a sweet thing. It's a, it's a, a consoling thing. It, it helps knowing, and it's just realizing that As you said, Elaine, even in her death, there is life. And we have to make up our minds as Christians. We can live out quietly, or we can live boldly. 
And living out quietly will be easy, easier. It's a whole lot easier to live quiet to yourself. Don't attract attention. Don't try to lure anything your way. And you can just live life and exist. And that may be a good philosophy to just coast for you, that you're doing nothing for your fellow man. And there are people out there who don't know the love of Christ who are dying and don't, who don't have the luxury of saying, you know, hey, they get that eternal life. And if if the enemy can keep you quiet, he may have lost your soul to the kingdom, but if you're being quiet, then you've already been defeated. And we have to live boldly. We have to live boldly knowing that no matter what turn we face, whenever we walk around that next corner, no matter what's sitting there staring us in the face, that we are carrying, you know, the full armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, um, you know, all of those pieces of armor, knowing that no matter what, when we turn the corner, we can withstand whatever fiery dart comes our way. You know, it even says in Psalm 91 that uh, he encamps his angels around us to protect us. It talks of how we are safe from harm. A thousand may fall dead at our side, 10,000 right beside us, but no harm will befall us. You know, he uh, he is with us, he is for us, and he is protecting us. And we have to walk boldly around each new corner knowing that Christ has already went there boldly before to pave the foundation for where you're going. The trail's been bushwhacked. We just have to follow. Well, and something else that I've have been seeing circling around Facebook and Instagram is like this cute little word swag image of, you know, learn to rest but not to quit. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for Christians, that goes so much deeper than just like taking a nap, you know? And like we talked about it is biblical to mourn. It is biblical to be sad and release those emotions. And, you know, you're human, like you're going to feel things and stuff. And as long as you know that joy is coming in the morning and that joy and peace comes after storms and the heaviness and brokenness and that God gives us life. And as long as we aren't quitting, you know, we are following in God's footsteps it's okay to be upset for however long you need to be upset. But at one, at some point, you're going to have to stand up and say, okay, like, God, use me, use this story, use this situation, and I'm, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready for this. Well, sure, and, you know, you think of, uh, you know, the psalm of, like, you know, he leads me beside still pat, or, you know, he leads me to still pastures, he leads me beside... Uh, Still waters, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You're on your staff, they comfort me. There is comfort in Christ. There is rest in Christ. But the problem we as Christians have to be careful of is there's a difference in resting in Christ, putting your, your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit uh, in a state of rest, knowing him, and there's that type of rest, but then there's the one we have to watch out for of um, self-medication, which is where we just completely shut down from Christ. We shut down from life. We we collapse into this into a little black hole. You know, we start to collapse away into ourselves, where we 
mindlessly scroll the internet and we waste away our time with meaningless things to distract ourselves from reality. And we think that's resting. We think, like I said, we've talked about this before. There's nothing wrong with watching a movie or playing a game or scrolling. But whenever that's your way of self-medicating and what you think you are calling rest can become a crutch or a hiding hole or really a black hole that's going to consume us and take us out of the game. It removes us from being a part of the game. Resting in Christ is kind of like being on the front line and then retreating back to go and get a good meal nourishment and a night's sleep to get back out there and fight again. You know, you can have those moments in the morning. Your head's still in the game, but you, you've you taken a moment to regroup. And, and God gives us that rest. That's a promise of his that we can have that rest in him and that comfort in him when we need it. At the same time, the other option is we literally just flee and run and hide under a rock uh, hoping no one finds us, hoping the enemy doesn't come looking for us. And if you're hiding under a rock, you're not doing anything. You're not progressing. You're stuck and you're lifeless. And yes, it may seem safe. It may seem okay because it's dark and it's uh, it's hidden away and you're not having to face the battles out there in the real world, but you're just going to sit there and wither because there's no life there and there's no purpose. All of this kind of reminds me of 21 Pilots. Of course it does. <laughs> um, You told me the other day like a certain thing kind of spoke to you with their new songs that just came out. But before that, um, you know, a lot of their music, some of their past music has talked about sleeping and yeah. not being aware of the, your surroundings and situations. And to me, like, there is a difference between resting and staying asleep, hiding underneath a rock and in a corner and not doing anything about the right. situation, not rising above it. And, um, like, one of their lyrics is, there's faith and there's sleep, mm -hmm. you know, and you need to pick one. And what was it that you told me the other day that um, you felt like God had I felt like God was asking me, are you still sleeping? Yeah. As in like, uh, it's time to pursue those things that we have, that I have put on your heart. And, and we have pursued some of them. You know, this podcast is one of those things, but there's so much more that uh, you and I both Elaine, know that we are to do. And I feel like God is saying, like, all of your family drama, all the things that have clouded your vision, uh, you have kind of come, I guess, like, in the weirdest way, it's almost like, imagine you're going through this dense jungle, and someone's in front of you knocking vines out of the way, and it's just a slow trudge through the jungle, Um just chopping and hacking, but I feel like we just came to this clearing where now I can start to see the big picture of where we're heading. It's kind of the whole adage, you can't see the forest through the trees. Well, I feel like I'm finally starting to see the forest, if that makes sense. And also one time, I actually ended up writing a blog post about this, but one time I was sitting on campus during a Chi Alpha service and um, the student pastor was talking about taking off your grave clothes. Yeah. And whenever Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he was like, okay, take your grave clothes off. Come on, let's go. Like, let's get ready. And which also reminds me of 21 Pilots and the are you still sleeping? As in God is saying like, 
okay, like, are you ready? Yeah. You know, take your grave clothes off. Like, you have been in this state of mourning and heaviness, and it's time to just set that all free and yeah, look at the bigger the picture. Yeah, lay it at the cross, and, you know, it's it's the battle is over, and it's time for war. Yeah. You know, it's it's not easy to lay things at the cross. It's not easy to say, you know what, God? My mom is in your hands. Even knowing that she was a Christian woman despite her struggles, like my confidence of her being in heaven, like I don't doubt that. I don't have the fears, the angst, the anxiety, all that. With that, there's, there's, that's just not there. It's still hard because you have little things like schedule changes and uh, just the mental weight and all that and it throws off your rhythm. You know, rhythm is such a big part of accomplishing anything, it seems. And, like, when that gets thrown off, it's so hard to get back on tra on track. And, uh, you know, Elaine and I have been talking a lot about how, like, we just, we've got to buckle down and get some stuff done because we have been thrown for a loop. And there's so much that we need to take care of that hasn't gotten taken care of. And uh, we have got to hash out a schedule to get back on or we're just going to keep spinning our wheels here. And uh, it's it's not easy to do that, but it's part of it, and it's something we got to do. It's not easy to lay things at the cross. It's not easy to lay those emotional struggles at the cross. It's not easy to lay, like I said, my mom's passing at the cross. But I realized that if I don't, I'm going to get stuck, encapsulated in this time frame, because I'm going to share this for a second. Uh, my mom lost her mother at the age uh, or my grandmother was 55 when she passed. I think that would have made my mom, I was three, so 29, 30, 31, right at 30 years old or so. And, uh, and that's not an exact measurement, but she's right at 30 years old or so. And when she lost her mother, her world stopped. She was frozen in that moment in time. And that's what started so much of the the other problems that she faced in life, the depression, the anxiety, the drinking, all those things stemmed from losing her mother. It encapsulated her in a moment in time that she didn't ever break free of. And if we're not careful, tragedy can do the same thing to us. It encapsulates us. It traps us. It locks us. And not just tragedy, even other things. Fear, uh, like we've been talking about with so many previous episodes, the anxiety and mental illness, um, uh, certain things can encapsulate us in a moment and Satan wants to use that to trap us so we can't move forward. But that's when we have to realize if we don't lay this at the cross, if we don't take off our burdens and quit trying to haul them around, quit trying to haul our baggage around ourselves, we're never going to be, you know, to bust out of this moment. We get comfortable in the curb we're in because we can see what's around us, but you've got to move forward. Life is going to have tons of twists and turns, ups and downs, changes of weather, climate, uh, temperature, threats, and blessings, and that's just part of living. But we've got to keep moving forward because the moment we stop moving forward, we become stagnant, like a, a river that dries up and leaves just a pool of stagnant water, filth begins to breed, and we become overcome by our circumstances, and they begin to rule us instead of allowing Christ to rule us, and it, it, it overtakes us.
and we lose our ability to progress. I've watched it happen firsthand to my own mom. A great woman, so full of love, so caring, but she allowed her circumstances to trap her. And I watched it steal so much life she could have had. So much life she could have had. So much more living she could have done on this earth. And mind you, my mom was 53 when she passed. I did not get that extra time that she got with her mom. But I can say I'm choosing to rise above this circumstance and to not let it trap me the way um, losing her mom trapped her. Because we've got to live. We are called to share the love of Christ. And we cannot do that sitting still. Well, in the scripture that says, wake up, O sleeper, in a sense, we are, you and I specifically are called to change up the generation that comes after us. And we are called to do the things that your mom wasn't able to do with her mother's passing. Yeah. And as your son and as her daughter-in-law, like we are supposed to carry that lineage and share even more about Christ's love, even longer. And, you know, that is our duty. And I feel like in all of this time, like, you know, it's not like we weren't doing any of that already, but God is saying like, you know, come on, let's go. Like you were called to do this and this, and I'm allowing this these experiences in this time for you to live out what I have called you to do. Yeah. And with all of the, are you still sleeping? Wake up, take your grave clothes off. That is God saying like, okay, you have endured this long enough. You have rested up long enough. Like you are ready. Yeah. Trusting God with all of your heart. Don't focus and lean on your own knowledge, wisdom, or understanding. In all your ways, in every way, in every step you take, acknowledge that Christ is with you and he will direct your path. Guys, reach out to us, talk to us, find us on Facebook, uh, find us on Instagram, find us on Twitter. All the links are below for that. Hit up our community. We would love to have you to be a part, to talk and get to know us on a more deep and intimate level. Uh, links for all of that is in the show notes below. I'm going to link up to that uh, blog post that Elaine was talking about, the grave clothes that she wrote. So you can find that link below also. And guys, we just really hope you reach out to us. If you enjoy the show, please go up there and hit that subscribe button, drop a comment or a review. Thank you for all the love and support you have poured out to us in this season thank you for being patient with us and loving us through it and guys we love you guys so much be brave be bold and be reckless we'll talk soon